0: Welcome to No Teacher Left Behind with Christine Hurt and Natalie McIntosh for humorous musings from the Teacher's Lounge. Hi, this is Christine, and um, I'm picking the topic for today. And today I want to talk about school supplies. Uh, it's something I think about a lot, especially now as a parent. Uh, my daughter is in kindergarten, so we had to be on that end of school supplies. For the first time, um, and I think a lot about families buying school supplies and about teachers buying school supplies because um, I feel like especially teachers spend way too much of their own money supplying their classrooms. Uh, Natalie, do you spend money every year supplying your classroom? Well, yep. Natalie is here. <laughs> yes. By the way, Natalie's here too.
1: <laughs> I'm. I'm just listening intently. Uh-huh. Uh. School supplies. I also am on both sides of this as a parent and a teacher. And I'm just very curious to see what you have to say about it. And I want to listen and uh, ask questions and give input. But yes. I probably buy more for my classroom than I should. Yeah. And then as a parent, I feel like I'm overcompensating uh, for the teacher going, Oh, you poor teacher. Yeah, Let me you, just buy everything in quadruplets, you know?
0: Yes. So. Cause you feel that, that sense of empathy of like, I know I have to buy 87,000 pencils a year and you don't want to have to put your child's teacher through any more of that than is absolutely necessary. Um, and I also, when I'm teaching, buy way more than I probably should um, for my classroom. And it's not that I think I'm buying things that are unnecessary for my students. I'm not buying stupid things. I just feel like I shouldn't have to be buying 87,000 pencils. Agreed. Somebody else should be buying these pencils. Um, And then the question becomes, who is that? Who buys those pencils? Um, And the system now is that families buy the pencils or are supposed to buy the pencils and, um, you know, I, I know that most schools do not provide classrooms with all of the, um, what's the word? Like, not disposable, but stuff that you use and gets used up. There's a word for that. I can't think of it. But anyway, um, most schools don't provide classrooms with things like pencils and paper and dry erase markers. Um, this is true. Or they... They say, hey, we're going to supply pencils, but here's eight. Yes. <laughs>
1: like, well, you can go to the school supply closet, you. but you have to, because this was my experience um, teaching at my first job, at private girls high school uh, boarding, and they had a supply closet. Yeah. And you could go, and you had to, like, fill out a little form. This is who I am. This is what department I'm in, math department, and I'm here to pick up. And it was always this magical mystery game of – how much is too much? Can what is somebody going to come talk to me if I sign out four boxes of pencils? Maybe I should cut it back down to two, but is that going to be... And so there was always this like line in my head of, what am
0: I allowed to ask for? Yeah, and I think that that's never explained to teachers from the beginning. Like, what what am I allowed? What is my budget? What am I allowed to ask from my department, from my school? And if you want something that's not you know in your department's budget, you want to get... Say, take advantage of some grant money. That grant money is not for pencils and dry erase markers. It <laughs> is for durable goods, things like electronics and whiteboards and um, and things of that nature that are going to last over and over and over again, be reusable. Um, and I know there are schools, you know, I was fortunate to not teach in a school like this. My school, you know, if you needed to make copies, there's a copy machine it was full of paper. Um, but I know there are some schools where teachers are given a limit. You've got one box of paper and that's for the year and you have to budget your copies, budget your printouts for the whole year. Meanwhile, you get, you know, a lot of demands for having, you know, certain kinds of handouts or changing your handouts and you need to reprint them. You're out of paper. Who pays Mm -hmm. for that? Um, and all too often, the teacher pays for that. And um, I did some looking up, and according to the National Retail Federation, um, in two thousand July two thousand eighteen, they printed a report that said uh, K through twelve spending for back to school was twenty seven point five billion. Wait, what year was this? Uh, they published it in July 2018. Mm. Um, so I would imagine like 2017, back to school. $27.5 billion total for back to school, um, which was an average of $684.79 per family. A lot of that was for clothes, $236 on clothes. Okay. Um, but of that, $122.13 for supplies, backpacks, pencils, crayons, all that stuff. So about a, almost a
1: third of what each family was spending was for the actual supplies that would be carried
0: in the backpacks to school. Yes, exactly. And that hmm. doesn't include for, say, high school students who need to buy a graphing calculator because that was part mm. of the, the electronics um, measurement. And then uh, USA Today printed an article in May of 2018 that in the 2014 2015 school year, 94% of teachers spend their own money out of their own pocket for classroom supplies, um, on average $479. And that's for things like pencils, dry erase markers, tissues, hand sanitizer things that are not provided by their district that they that they feel they need for their classroom um, to function properly and teachers do have the ability to take a federal tax deduction um, on their taxes each year but there's a $250 limit hmm. so that's $250 that you can and if you're spending almost $500 you can really only take the deduction for half of what you've spent and um, and so not only
1: are you not getting, you, know, compensated for the money that a teachers spending for a classroom, that will just give you a little tax deduction for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, which I read saves between 30 and 60 dollars depending on your family income and wow. total deductions. Um, and the deduction only works if you are able to itemize. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. You gotta provide that pesky documentation. Yeah. If you, well, but I'm saying, like, if you don't have a mortgage and you don't have kids that you are able to deduct child care expenses from, you probably aren't able to deduct enough to make it over the the um, the line, the, the line, threshold the threshold, because it's like if it's not over so many dollars, you just take the general basic exactly. deduction. Um, and so then that's really not helping anybody either. Um so it's one of these I feel like token things mm-hmm. that they give teachers, oh here, take this deduction, but it's really not in any way actually saving us money. Um so and, how
1: have you given any thought to like how you think it should be?
0: Yes. Oh, okay. I have. I'm ready. Um because and before I answer that question, I want to oh, kind okay. of get into why this is my my idea and my philosophy on the whole situation. Teachers are spending out of their pocket. We already don't get paid nearly enough for the amount of education and amount of work that we do to do this job. Um, And having families pay for it, I feel like presents a certain level of inequity in the classroom because there are families who can afford really nice Crayola crayons, unlimited amounts. And there are parents who struggle to buy the 12 count pack of Rose Art crayons, their kid at the beginning of the year, and that's it. Um, and I feel like all of those, anything that is necessary to supply the classroom and the students to do their job, should be provided by the school district. You should be able to, and you're not, I'm not talking about eight pencils and a three pack of dry erase markers. I'm talking about all the pencils you need, all the dry erase markers you need, all supplied by the district for every classroom.
1: I agree. How come do you think they haven't done this? Why uh, aren't
0: they doing this for us? Uh, I think it comes down to, I think there are several reasons probably that feed into it. One is, um, cause I, I know a lot of people talk about, well, you know, we've got one-to-one Chromebooks for all of our kids, but they still can't all have crayons. Well, those come from two different areas of the budget Mm-hmm. which are set by the school board. So the school board says, you can have this money for technology, and everybody wants all the classrooms to have all the technology, and you can have this amount of money for, you know, supplying those. Um... I cannot think of the word. What is that word for things that you use up? We'll figure it out. Yeah. Or anyway. not. But yeah. you
1: know what we're saying. <laughs> yes.
0: Those things, <laughs> pencils, papers, those kinds of supplies, you know, it comes from a different area of the budget, so you can't necessarily spend one part of the budget on a different kind of thing. Um, and technology seems to be one of the big the big buzzwords in education right now. So they're right making now. that decision to err on the side of technology. Yes. Because um, they want to be cutting edge. They want to be, you know, and I'm not against technology. I think technology is important. It is preparing our students for the future. But so is, you know, pencil and paper. I feel like those things are important. Definitely. And I am one of the teachers that buys a a
1: bunch of pencils at the beginning of the school year and a bunch of paper at the beginning of the school year, because I want to have that as level a playing field as I can for every student who walks through my door. I want them to have access to the things that they need to succeed in my classroom. No questions asked. I'm not going to look at one kid and say, obviously, if you can afford those shoes, you you can't have any of my paper. Yeah, I don't care if you need the paper. You forgot whatever. You need the paper today. You need the pencils today. I need to put these in front of you. Uh, And I know a lot of teachers don't necessarily feel that way. I'm wondering if the outside world, we'll call them, (laughs) the people (laughs) on the outside, don't really see the value of pencils pencils so what pencils oh they're not that expensive we don't care if you have to buy them or not do you feel like that is
0: probably an attitude um i feel like that i feel like a lot of the outside world who are you know considering this are parents and they already bought the pencils and they don't understand like where are all these pencils going why do I have to buy more pencils who cares about the pencils you know if you're a parent you know they all end up in the couch (laughs) Um. (laughs) yes I also as a teacher I don't know where all the pencils go either so I can't answer (laughs) that question but I feel like parents are already strapped for all of the things that their kids need and they're feeling like why do I have to keep buying more things and I feel like parents and families also maybe feel the same way like why isn't the school providing this. Um, and this also goes a little bit to, um, the fact that I think sometimes people don't realize the burden that it places on teachers because teachers just do it. It is felt to be an expected part of this job that you are going to have to buy supplies for your classroom and for your students.
1: And as long as we continue to do it, as I've heard you say before, we send the message that it's okay with us. It's okay with us that we're buying our own supplies because this is what we're doing.
0: Yeah. So, Hey admin, Hey school district, you don't need to worry about picking up this tab because if you don't, we will. And and that goes into a whole other topic that I might make a whole different episode, (laughs) which is the martyrdom of teachers. uh, Because we feel very caught in like Natalie was saying, I don't want my kid my student to not learn today because they forgot their pencil. It's bullshit. Mm -hmm. Like I will give you a pencil, just learn today. And we will do whatever it takes to serve these students. And we feel like if we're the last line of defense and so admin isn't doing it, if parents aren't doing it, if the school district isn't doing it, we'll make sure it gets done. And I feel like, unfortunately the message that is received oftentimes by admin and by the school district is, cool, you'll do this, so we don't have to. It's taken care of. Um, And I think that puts teachers in a really unfortunate and uh, unsustainable position, and it's not really fair. Um, One of the things that brought this all to my mind kind of at this time um, is that my daughter's elementary school has a really terrific PTA, and they're doing um, several fundraisers this year, With the specific goal of raising enough money throughout this school year so that next school year they can buy all the supplies for all of the students. That is amazing. Yes. It is amazing. I don't think it's the PTA's job. And that was my (laughs) next next
1: thing. It's like, that is an amazing, that's awesome. And again, we're expecting... I feel the wrong people to yes. take up the yoke and carry this. Yes. Um, and it, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I appreciate that our PTA and our families have come together and, you know, the, ter- the teachers and the administration and the families have all participated very well in all of these fundraisers. Um, They're on t- target to meet their goal. Um, and I think it's terrific that everybody's sort of coming out to support this so that these students will have everything they need next year. All the students will have everything they need to have a really great school year with all of the supplies. But that's not the job of the PTA. I feel like that is the job of the school district to figure out how to pay for that, how to make that happen. Um, and how to make it happen without overly restricting teachers. Like, yeah, we'll provide you with all the pencils. You get eight pencils, you get a three pack of dry erase markers and you get a roll of paper towels. Now your classroom is supplies. (laughs) Don't you feel lucky? And that's not realistic. Um, and I, I just, I don't know. And I'm not sure I haven't quite figured out, like, I know what I think should happen, I know where we are right now. <laughs> I haven't quite figured out the path or the road from where we are now to what I think should should happen. Um, okay.
1: I keep getting this image in my mind of, you know, this hospital. Uh-huh. And there's, like, patients who need treatment. Yes. And the doctor comes into their, like, surgery room and there's no scalpels.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> Here, Here's the You've got glass? a
1: patient, like, lying on the table they really need to get a scalpel and get in there and yeah. get out the gross, nasty stuff that's causing the patient to be sick, and there's no scalpel. Well, I got to supply my own scalpels okay. because they're the last line of defense. They don't want their patient to die. Yes. It's in the best interest of their patient that I have a scalpel to yeah. use. Um, that kind of took a violent turn. But, no. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like the same type of thing. Why? Why are we the profession that has to worry about this? I'm sure there's other professions out there who have the same type of need, but it's obviously we're in teaching and this is the
0: one that's in the the focus of our brains right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I didn't go to college originally to be a teacher. I had a lot of other jobs before I took on the job as a teacher in no other job, literally no other job I've had. And it's run quite a spectrum have I had to buy my own pens? Agreed. Ever. I can't think of any. There's always a supply closet. There's a secretary with a catalog or whatever. Um, And sometimes the pens that they give you are not like, you know, the premium and that's fine. I just need a pen to write things down. Um, And I can understand if you're super picky and you need the ultimate fountain pen, you're probably gonna (laughs) have to buy your own pen. But if you just need a basic paper made or Bic pen or whatever, there's a whole drawer full of them. Get a pen and get to work because it is your manager's job to make sure that you have the supplies to get to work. Um, and I feel like so many times teachers are left to find the supplies so that they can get to work. Because, and that's. Oh, I'm sorry. but No, you're fine. Um, that's another issue for me is, you know, going back to that this sends the message to admin or the school district that, you know, Oh, don't worry about it. The teachers have got it. We'll pay for this. We'll take care of it. Um, you know, cause I hear a lot of teachers talk about, well, I'm not buying it. Like I'm not spending my own money for this job. That's ridiculous. If you want me to have it, admin will have to provide it. Otherwise I will just figure out how to do my job without it. Um, and that's, I think a really effective sentiment A lot of times, like you're just showing that, you know, the higher ups that um, you're not going to buy. You're not going to put up with it. You're not going to acquiesce to that. But I feel like that also makes my job harder now. Like, And I have to choose between my job being harder or shelling out for a thousand pack of pencils. I'm going to buy the pencils every time. And I know there are all kinds of systems that teachers have if you want to borrow a pencil, you got to leave your shoe or your cell phone, you know, check it out or whatever. This is to students. To students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Telling students, you know, if you want to borrow a pencil, you got to give me your shoe. That way I make sure to get the pencil back. I worked with students who would say, that's fine. I just won't do anything today. (laughs) And I'm not going to put up with that. That gives them to me, that gives them an opportunity to make an excuse to not do work. And, you know, it's one thing when you're working with really highly motivated students, you're working in an AP class, they're mature enough to know that they don't have a pencil, they're not going to get to take notes, they're going to fall behind, it's going to be a problem. When you are working with kids who hate school, hate you, and hate math, (laughs) you need to eliminate all possibility (laughs) that they can come up with any excuse to not work. Oh, you don't have a pencil? That's great. I've got 20 of them in the cup in the back of the room. Get a pencil and get to work. End of story. Makes my life easier. So I feel like, you know, on the one hand, yes, we as teachers can just rise up and say, we're not going to buy it. We're not going to do it anymore. But what we're saying is that we're then willing to make our lives more difficult because, you know, now we have to have this argument with students, or we have to invent this new procedure and manage that, or we have to rearrange our lesson plan so that, you know, you have... Pencils aren't required. Pencils aren't required. Yeah. Or you you want to use dryer, I love to use the... Many dry erase boards, but it requires all the students to have a dry erase marker. Mm -hmm. And I either provide dry erase markers for students who don't bring them or I adjust my lesson plan so that I have a backup for students who don't bring their dry erase marker. Either I'm spending money or I'm spending time and I tend to spend money to save time. So
1: you said you had some ideas that may or may not work. What, what? If you could launch any campaign right now to, <laughs> to implement change in this area, what campaign would you just say, all right, teachers, this is this is what we need to do, or okay, school board, this is what we need to do, or okay, parents. Like, what campaign would you launch to attack uh-huh. this?
0: Yeah, I would really like to see teachers, community members, families contact their school board. I feel like it is very likely that most families most community members know nothing about the school board or how it works or that it exists like I don't yeah um i started <laughs> i started this year in let's see this is january so i started in november um cuz i made a resolution to become more involved in my personal community and um I felt like one of the ways, a really good way for me to do that since education is my passion, was to start attending school board meetings. And I started mm-hmm. attending with zero agenda. It was not like I was attending because I had something in mind that I wanted to present to them or find out about or whatever. I just want to go see what do they talk about, mm-hmm. what happens at these meetings and education for myself. And it has been very educational and i feel like at least for my school board i know at the meetings they have a time set aside for people to go up to the microphone and present concerns hmm. um they all of the school board members have an email address published on the website um i know who my the one for my area of my school district is i know who she is i mean i know her her name and her email address and i could email her and i feel like i would like to see People come out and contact their school board member, go to a school board meeting, get up to the microphone and say, it bothers me that we are not providing all the supplies for our students. It Hmm. bothers me that we are relying on teachers to keep this burden. And it's as simple as
1: that. Just saying,
0: this is my concern. Yeah. Let's get a conversation started. Yeah, let's talk about it. And if you bring it up and they're not talking about it by the next meeting, get up at the next meeting. And I feel like maybe I should follow my own advice here. We've got a school board meeting coming up next week. All right. So let's make a pact. All right. Hold me accountable. First, I got to figure out
1: where our school board <laughs> is. What day? Yeah. Okay, but I'm going to. Yeah. I'm going to. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you can it find it on um, the and website. And then we can come back and compare notes. Yeah. Yeah. See what happened.
0: That sounds yeah. Sounds good. Yeah,
1: I might have to attend a meeting first to yeah. see like yeah, yeah, that's what, fair. That's What is fair. happening? Oh, that's there, fair. there's
0: the mic time. Okay. Yeah. Because then I'll have to like mentally yeah. prepare myself. Yeah, and I know if am going to the meetings that there are some members who are super invested in the process, and there are some members who fall asleep during the presentation of the wait capital one of the school board? plan. What? He's like eight thousand years old. <laughs> And it was the capital <laughs> investment plan, which is like not super exciting. It's just a bunch of numbers. And like, we need this many school buses and we need to put new floors in the school and stuff. And yeah, I looked over and he had fallen asleep. But, uh, you know, that's how it goes. But other than that, I feel like at least in my school district where I live, um my school board seems to be really invested in the community. I know my superintendent is really invested in the community. He graduated from the schools where he is the superintendent of like, you know, Um. so I feel like it would be potentially really well received. received. I don't know that it would necessarily change anything, but at least it would be received and heard. Um. And I feel like maybe that's a start. Definitely. That was a good topic. Yeah. It's a really good topic. Yeah. So, and I think I said about everything that I had here in my little notes about it. Um, were there any other thoughts that you had or? Um, not at this moment, okay. but no, that was really good. Yeah
1: all right well listen all right so now i have my assignment
0: yes we and now we a have school a little board meeting yes yeah, so we have a little assignment and i have to go and actually be brave
1: now i really have to break up. this down into baby steps because okay. i know me i'll get overwhelmed yes. it's like okay yes. you gotta go rush the mic no, yeah no, no. you no. don't have no, no, to no, rush no, no, the no, mic no. my first little baby step is to find out when our school board actually
0: meets yes yes and where Yes. Yes. Okay, so that's my assignment. That's your first assignment, when and where your school board meets. And for those of you who are listening and feel um, any sense of empathy or sympathy with what we've discussed and you want to make a change, just look up online the information about your school board members. Find an email address. Shoot them an email. That's easy. That could be done. That could be easy. Cool. Thank you, Christine. Thank you for listening. And that was actually... Um, more interesting than I even thought it would be to bring up. So thank you for adding to the conversation and for urging, giving me that little push to um, do something about it rather than just talking about it. Awesome. Yeah.
1: All right. We've now come to the segment of the episode where we ask each other a question, a small question, but hopefully fun and entertaining. Yeah. And we're going to get our brilliant sound engineer. Brent Knipe, to pick the topic from a list that we have generated ourselves.
0: Yes. Random picking. Close your eyes, Brent.
1: And we have this high-tech system of where we wrote them all down and he's just pointing to something.
0: (laughs) Most embarrassing classroom moment. I got one. All right. (laughs) Okay. So this is Natalie, of course. Um,
1: This was actually a couple of years ago. I teach math to high school students. And I teach geometry, and so this was primarily to an audience of ninth and 10th graders whose maturity level is appropriately timed <laughs> for this embarrassing <laughs> moment. So my son was in elementary school, and in elementary school, they do this thing that they didn't have in my day of yore of where if you need a break every once in a while, they get up and stretch. They put on this, like, little YouTube music video, like uh, the llama song or, <laughs> or something like that. And the kids get up and they do the movements and they take a break and then they sit back down and they do more learning and i was like oh, okay i had this one particular lesson that was boring is all i'll get out and so i told them all right just deal with me just deal with me and then uh i got through a lot of it and i said all right let's take a little mind break uh mind break because this is a lot of information and i get that um here's a cute little video i found and uh, I put the video up, and it was this cute little white fluffy dog and a, a bunny rabbit. And they were like, yay, happy, happy, fun, fun. And everybody's like, oh, they're so cute. And I was like, yay, that really worked. So I did it again in a, in a later class. And I was like, oh, these animals have a channel right? <laughs> on YouTube. I'm just going to go to the next video. Okay, cool. So I click on uh let this be a, t- a lesson to all new teachers everywhere. Definitely preview any videos that you show in
0: class. Yes, what Natalie did was very dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: I was taking my life into my- This falls under the topic of how I almost got fired. Yes. Anyway, so I push play and it's like, oh, happy, happy, joy, joy, little puppy, little bunny rabbit. And then the puppy goes behind the bunny rabbit and attempts to you know, mount, said bunny rabbit. And and I have never moved that fast. I screamed, literally screamed, and then swiped my mouse over to hit pause and then like took down that projector, but it was way too late. I laughed so hard. I was in tears. Like we could not get back on track for like the next 10 minutes. And to this day, my former students will come up to me and go, So do you still watch those videos with the bunny dog and the bunny rabbit? I'm like, thanks for not telling anybody about that. That was really embarrassing. So that was my lesson learned. Always preview every video. Yes.
0: Yes. And there's mine. All right. So I feel like I have definitely probably had more embarrassing moments than this. This seems so mild, but this is the only thing that is coming to mind. I will preface this with saying one thing I learned very quickly as a math teacher is to uh, preview your math problems to make sure that the numbers 420 and 69 don't appear (laughs) anywhere in the problem. And when I'm going through a homework or a quiz and I say, okay, let's look at number one. Now let's look at the second problem because I never want to say number two in front of a room full (laughs) of ninth graders. It's just things that you learn. Um, so along these lines, so I'm very good at, you know, watching my numbers and not saying number two in front of a group of high school students. But one day that my students were up, I had a walk around activity around the room and there was a group of students that was having a particular problem with one of the problems. And I was helping them through it and I was sort of going through, um, you know, sort of teaching them how to use process of elimination mm-hmm. with this problem and, Four answer choices, A, B, C, D, and I, you know, you do that thing where you, two things try to come out of your mouth at the same time and they get jumbled up and you say something terrible, and um, so, um, looked at answer A, looked at answer B, looked at answer C, and I tried to say, let's look at choice D, and also, let's look at the fourth answer, and I said, let's look at the D. All of the students <laughs> just lost it. And I was like, I know what I said. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. Can we please just move on? But they could not move on and let go of the fact that Mrs. Hurd just <laughs> said, let's look at the D.
1: Let's look at the D. I think that's our yeah. sign off. <laughs>
0: for... <laughs> Can we make that our sign? Yes,
1: yes. All let's right, look well, at the D. That was a great episode. So, Christine, let's, let's look at, at the D. D.